people are going to forget all the facts you told them. They're going to remember how they felt on the tour and the overall experience. So, you know, of course I had all my facts together. We do 10 different stops. It's highly curated, but really it's about making connections with other people. Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week, I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe, and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello, hello. My name is Kara, and welcome back to the Travel Business Lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. This is episode 30. I'm super excited and proud to be able to say we've gotten 30 episodes in. I know compared to a lot of big podcasters and shows out there, 30 is not a massive achievement, but I'm really happy and it's really exciting to see the podcast grow. As I've said in previous episodes, if you like the podcast, please let me know. Of course, give it a review, a five-star rating. Send me an email as well, though. I just love to hear from anyone who's listening. It brings a big smile to my face, and it really does mean a lot. Today's episode is another great one. I'm joined by Alex Kennan, who is the founder of Urban Hiker San Francisco. Alex's business model is super interesting because though we've had quite a few tour companies on the show now, most have been primarily B2C, so business to customer, which I think is quite natural for a tour company. And though Alex does offer her tours directly to consumer, a big focus of our conversation today was all about the B2B market and how she's grown her business through networking. And before you pull your headphones out or turn this episode off because you think networking is a dirty word, I really want you to wait and hear it from Alex's perspective. I'm not sure she even uses the word networking, more just forming relationships with other businesses. And she does it as someone who loves meeting new people, loves establishing new friendships. And when you think of it in those terms, it can be anything but a dirty word. Alex shares her story of how she's grown Urban Hiker San Francisco largely through working with corporate groups. She shares how she's partnered with Match.com to offer dating hikes where 10 to 20 single people show up and get to go on a group hike and maybe meet the love of their life. She's also partnered with several local DMCs or destination management companies that specialize in organizing trips for large corporate groups. And this has been a huge component of her business. And it's fascinating to hear how making connections, networking with these DMCs has enabled her to grow her client base. She even offers her tours on Zola, which is the wedding website. And 
guests to a wedding can buy her tours on a registry for their loved ones. So it's just was a really interesting conversation to hear her approach to business because it's just so different from so many other more traditional tour companies. And there's no wrong with the traditional way, but it's just nice to hear about alternate routes that people take to grow their businesses. As it shows, there's really no one right way to go about it. Alex is full of ideas. She's got such an entrepreneurial mind and fantastic energy. So I'm really excited for you to hear her story. So without further ado, this is Alex Kinnan of Urban Hiker San Francisco. All right. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Happy to have you here. Thanks so much for having me, Kara. Well, like I said, when I first got in touch with you, I was really excited to make contact because you have an interesting story, your your journey into coming into travel and starting uh, Urban Hiker San Francisco is a, un- a unique journey. So let's start there. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this industry. Yeah, I I'm, I'm grew up in New Jersey, in the US, and very non-international family. Nobody speaks any foreign languages. You know, all our vacations, if we took them, we were to Florida. And I basically, I fell in love with foreign languages and that led me to travel. So, and I just went to a public high school, but we had, you know, I was able to study three foreign languages. So I studied French, German, and Russian. And it was really this love of speaking French that got me to really leave the continent for the first time. I went to France on a school trip in 10th grade. Now I've been to 50 plus countries. So that kind of kicked it off. Wow. In college, the French thing again, I got to live in Paris for a year. And, you know, living on that side of the pond, it's just so much easier to get around. So I got an interrail pass. I I went to like 10 to 15 countries, you know, throughout the school year. And I just loved it. Continued that after college, I got this job at a company called Gaynor Minden. They sell ballet shoes, among other ballet associated items. And I got to travel all over Europe again, you know, using my French, using my German and sell all these ballet accessories and ballet shoes. So that was super cool. Got an MBA, MA in international studies from uh, UPenn and the Lauder Institute. I got to live in Paris again for that. Go to a whole new set of countries, Lebanon, Guatemala. And then I kind of just have been in California ever since. Uh, I worked at Google for a bit. And I just got burned out by the the commute and kind of the size of the company at the time. So after four and a half years of that, I quit my job and I just, I didn't know what I would do. And then I was just exploring San Francisco. I, I believe it or not, didn't know it that well because I spent a lot of my time on a commuter shuttle commuting uh, an hour to an hour and a half each way to work. So basically, I saw San Francisco in the dark. It'd be dark when I got up. I would go to work. It would be dark when I came back. So, you know, a little bit on the weekends. But I finally had this amazing time to really discover San Francisco. I saw all sorts of things. We have 220 plus parks in the city. We have eucalyptus forests. We have beaches, the Golden Gate Bridge. And I just explored everything that was on my list of things to do. And I thought, wow. San Francisco, even though I live here, I was like, wow, there's just so much so much to explore still. And it dawned on me, maybe other people would want to see San Francisco the way I was seeing it, which was on foot. So anytime I travel, I just take really long walks or hikes, whether it's a city, I'm in the country, I just really like to be 
physically feeling the city under my feet. So yeah, I was like, maybe I'll try starting urban hiking tours. And I didn't know much about the travel business. I talked to a bunch of tour operators in San Francisco. I also saw saw no one was doing hiking tours of the city. So I just decided to launch my business. That's great. That's amazing. So when you left your job at Google, you didn't have a plan necessarily. You just needed a break and decided to take some time off. I needed a break. I just, I had been going through a few things personally and I I was just burned out to the point of not being able to keep doing the job. So yeah, I just gave myself the luxury of a few months off. And then it was really, I was like, okay, I'll just start applying to jobs. But anytime I looked at a job board, uh, I was a marketing manager at Google. So I was looking for these marketing jobs and I was like, I just couldn't get excited about them. I just felt like, oh, this is the same exact job with a different company name attached to it. I'm going to have the same problems. What can I do? So I was like, let me just explore this hiking thing. And I went from there. That's amazing. And did you have an interest in entrepreneurship as well? Was that something that you've always yeah, been keen on pursuing or did that just come about naturally? Well, This is so interesting. I've tried to identify the key values that make me feel happy and fulfilled. And unfortunately, they're in conflict. One of them is freedom. And entrepreneurship is freedom in a way. You know, you can just try new things, launch a business. You know, I'm the boss. But my other core value that makes me really happy is security. I loved having a, you know, twice a month paycheck. So I was like, oh no, what do I do? So it's kind of funny because I never thought I would be an entrepreneur at all. But um, what it's basically evolved into is that the hiking business, I, I get to explore entrepreneurship, but I did find a job that really suits me well that I do 25 hours a week. And that's, I work at a content and design agency called Wordsmithy. So I still get the security of that. And I still get to do the entrepreneurship. So I found a system that really works for me. And that's great. And I think more people should be aware of that option in the middle. That You don't have to go fully into entrepreneurship and solely run your own business or just work for another company. You can find that balance somewhere. Yeah. These days, I mean, luckily, the company I've worked for, Wordsmithy, for nine years has always been fully remote. You know, let's say my my boyfriend who still works at a tech company, he would have a business trip to London. And I'd be like, I'm just going to work from London this week. We've always been remote. We've always been flexible. But I think ever since the pandemic, everyone else has gotten really sm- smart and said, oh, let's offer more remote jobs. So I think if people are interested in traveling while they work or having a business and also a side business where they can work anywhere I think more opportunities are coming up for that. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And I, I really want to go back to that those early days of, you know, you've left your job at Google, you've done some hikes around the city, fallen in love with San Francisco, have an idea to start your own business. Where do you go from there, from idea phase to actually implementing this tour company? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's actually surprisingly easy to launch a business. You know, getting customers, of course, is a different thing. I went to this conference called the World Domination Summit. I don't know if you know Chris Gillibo. He's a fantastic author. Um, so he had this con- 
this conference in Portland. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to print up some business cards and tell people I run an urban hiking business. Let's see how this goes. And everyone's like, that's cool. You know, I was like, this is really interesting. You know, everyone's very accepting there. And I decided, you know, I got the business cards. I'm going to do a website so people can book me. And then I'm going to create a trip advisor profile so people can discover me who are traveling to the city. So people, I don't know if I knew this at first, but the target audience for my hiking groups are, well, there are local people who are corporate groups, but everyone else is basically visitors. So a trip advisor is good for reaching visitors. A website is good for being discovered, reaching anyone. So I got the website up and it's funny, I launched it with three different tours on it just to have options and to look like a real business that, you know, we don't only have one route, but I really had only kind of solidified one route perfectly. But yeah, I spent a lot of time coming up with routes, which were four to five miles, two and a half to three hours. And I found three of those that were really great in the city. One's in an area called the Presidio, which is a neighborhood. It's actually a national park and it is, it's got 25 miles of hiking trails in it. So that's the nature-y one. I had one by Coit Tower in Lombard Street, which is more of an urban experience. So it's mostly on city streets. And I had another one which starts in the Castro, which is our LGBTQ neighborhood, it goes up to this area called Twin Peaks, which is a beautiful scenic overlook that you could see the whole city. You could see the on a non-foggy day, you can see the Pacific Ocean, the Golden Gate Bridge, really panoramic view. San Francisco is quite small geographically. So from this point in the center, Twin Peaks, you can see the, the entire city. So those were the three routes. I was like, I'm going to put them on my website. I had happened to meet someone at a company called Zola, X-O-L-A, and they were a booking platform. So I had the ability to have book now buttons on my website. Now there are lots of companies that do that, but I happened to make a personal contact there and I still use them on my website today. So I basically, and then I went to the city and I did all the bureaucratic stuff. I filed for my business license. And then I kind of waited for some customers and really like a lesson for people who are starting out is just kind of get the word out there. You tell someone you are starting a business, people are going to start helping you. That's how someone connected me with the company that does booking buttons. Someone said, hey, I have a friend who has a hiking group that they do monthly hikes. Would you like to show them around? And just things like that early on just help to build your business. So just kind of one piece at a time. That's great. And I mean, there's so many roles that you have to fulfill in this, like starting this kind of business. So you've got the entrepreneurial hat, you're, you've got the more creative designing the tours themselves, but then also you have to actually lead these tours. How did you find that part of the, the business first when you first got started? So I found that quite easy. I am basically, I am extremely introvert, uh, extroverted. Sorry, I'm extremely <laughs> extroverted. I can make a friend with a cardboard box. I can talk <laughs> to anyone. And I I love it. It's not it's not a struggle. I don't hate small talk. I like live on small talk. I I just I feel like what I've learned from my business and any tour business, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to forget, you know, we do hiking in history. So people are going to forget all the facts you told them. 
they're going to remember how they felt on the tour and the overall experience. So, you know, of course I had all my facts together. We do 10 different stops. It's highly curated, but really it's about making connections with other people. And that's something I just love to do. And really it's funny, like anyone who wants to be a guide can remember facts, but you really do have to be, you don't have to be super extroverted. You you just have to like people and be able to spend a few hours with them and be able to really find a connection. Like I have found connections with people who just live all over the world. Their life looks completely unlike mine, but we still find something in common. And it's really those connections that make the experience special. That's great. Yeah, I worked as a guide for four years and I loved it because I felt like I was traveling all the time because you meet people from all over the world. That is so it actually. And that's such a good point because I am a just, I live to explore the world. And, you know, reality is I'm not a multimillionaire. So I can't do that all the time right now. And when I can't do that, I mean, if I meet someone from French Polynesia, I'm going to be asking them questions about French Polynesia and I'm going to learn so much and I'm going to feel like I'm traveling myself. So that's exactly another reason why. I enjoyed the travel business. We've hosted people from like 30 or so countries and I, I learned so much. It's so great. Wow. That's incredible. And so you're, you're booking individuals. They can come onto your website. Are you on any of the OTAs uh, like Viator yes. or? I am on um, Viator. Exactly. Viator. And, you know, I, I don't love some of the aspects about working with the OTAs, but I'm on there, you know, also for visibility, uh, especially them. I think they're kind of linked in with TripAdvisor. But generally, other than that, it's my website, word of mouth, you know, from past experiences. And also, do you want me to get into like other ways to get booking? Like I can tell you. A hundred percent. Yeah, go for it. So one thing that's really worked well for me, and when I talk about repeat customers, I'm thinking of repeat corporate groups. So one got really plugged in really early. Somehow, again, you put your business out there and you know people will find you, start finding you. You know, a smaller thing I do is I'd say eight times a year, I work with match.com, the dating service on dating hikes, and we just built a good experience for them probably back in 2012, 2013, when I just started the business and it's 10 years later, we're still doing like eight events a year with them. And it's, it's basically geared as a dating event where, I mean, honestly, if I were dating now, I would want to do something like this. I feel like, you know, sometimes you go on a date and you know, within one minute, whether you want to spend more time with this person <laughs> and um, it's a group hike. So if you, it's it's generally heterosexual, we've done one gay hike too, which was really fun, but it's generally like 10 guys, 10 girls, and you can chat, you can make a girlfriend, you can talk to a guy you want to go on a date with, and you're getting exercise and views and probably doing something you want to do anyway. So that's like the ideal kind of date, I I happen to think. And then um, there's a really great resource for me, which they're called DMCs. And I don't know how it works over where you are and if you've talked about them on the show before, but these are destination management companies. They are large event planners. Let's say a giant tech company, consulting firm, a big company is going to throw a conference for like 500 people. 
They're going to come to San Francisco. The tech company, the consulting company can't book all the details. They hire an agency to do all the work. Book me 500 hotel rooms. Find activities for the group to do while they're in San Francisco. Book all the restaurants. And they do this all in advance. And the DMCs are the person I interface with or the groups I interface with to book group tours whenever there's like a big conference coming in. DMCs are great to work with because, you know, they're bringing you large groups. So, you know, whereas it might take me a while to find 20 individual hikers and I rarely would ever have that in one day. I might have like four, a group of four happening, happening to book on a Saturday or something. A DMC will be like, I've got a group of 20. I've got a group of 30. And like, so financially, business-wise, of course, that works great. And it's it's really like a seamless experience. I don't know. They're very easy to work with. And once you have a good experience with a DMC, they'll come back to you again. So that's really been good for repeat business for groups. And the way I reached out to them was, so I'm a member of our city's visitors bureau, San Francisco Travel. And they had given me this booklet, but you could do this research on your own. Just say like DMCs in my area, whatever, do a Google search, fill in your city and you can just reach out to people. I like literally sent cold emails to a bunch of people. I'm like, here is what I do. Do you ever have any groups that want to do hiking tours? I'd be happy to come in and do a presentation so you could learn more about my business. Here's a one pager. So I had a little one page info sheet. I would send them and, you know, half of them I didn't hear back from, but half of them I did. And again, I'm still working with them eight, 10 years later. That's fantastic. I'm really interested in hearing about your relationship and experience with DMCs because I've found that most often those who are, you know, tour operators, especially like local walking tour companies or bike tour companies, they're generally just serving direct to clients. So to have, to go through the corporate structure there. That's it's such a great idea. It's so great. It's so easy. They're so easy to work with. You know, if you're a tour operator, I tell you just to think of how can I modify my tours to have, you know, if you're a bike tour operator, do I have 30 bikes available? And can I reserve them on the spot? Usually the DMCs book way in advance. So you could book out your dates. I mean, I just talked to someone this week who is planning something for October. So you really do get to book your calendar out early. But let's say I have two routes that are really geared toward, it it can be geared for smaller groups, but the trails are wide, not a lot of street crossings. So those are good for good groups, big groups. And then also some of these areas have large, sometimes people want to have a picnic afterwards on a big lawn and like, okay, there's a big lawn. Can I, do I also know how to organize catering? Can I make a full package experience that would make this client happy? That's great. And I think I read on the Starter Story article where I first found you that you promoted yourself on wedding registries as well. Was that right? Yeah. yeah. There's another one. It's so confusing. It's also called Zola, but spelled like my booking system, but this one's Z-O-L-A. I think they reached out to me. And what people do is they ask for something on their registry and then they can redeem it when they're in town. So I do that. You know, that business is, you know, smaller than the the corporate business, but it's still a great way of getting people aware of your business when you're, when they're in town. I love that. Cause I mean, once you're on that platform, there's not a lot of work that you have to put in to 
maintain that, I would imagine. Like it's just no. another outlet. And then, yeah, sometimes they, for some reason, they like pay you in advance. They're like, oh, you know, all these people had booked this, these tours, like send us an invoice. I'm like, oh, really? They didn't even come yet, you know? But <laughs> so it's been pretty easy to work with them also. I'd say another thing is, we all know people and we may not even know all the people we know. If people are running a tour business, like when I started running Urban Hiker SF, I think I posted on Facebook, which is my personal Facebook, like, hey, I'm running tours. I know it's, let's say it's April right now. It's going to be intern season in San Francisco. That's when a lot of college interns come and work at all the tech companies here. And the tech companies want to keep these people happy. They want them to love San Francisco and decide to move here and work at their company when they're done with college, right? So I was like, if anyone knows anyone running an intern program, like, let me know. I'm totally booking stuff for summer. And, and in general, I'm booking corporate tours. And because I worked at Google, of course, I know people from Google still, I know Facebook, all, all these other companies who may be looking for ways to get their team outside or their interns outside out of the office for bonding. That's great. And would you, I mean, your business, you've had it, you started it in 2012, is that right? 2012, yeah. That's great. And would you say, you know, how do you spend the majority of your time now on your business? Like what role do you fulfill? Are you often leading the tourists still or are you more behind the scenes? Great question. Cause that definitely has evolved. I, I wanted to define the experience at first. So at first I ran all the tours and I didn't have that wordsmithy job yet. I was like, let me focus on building this. And then I was like, you know, I can't run all these tours anymore. I, I started hiring guides. I have three guides who work for me and they've all been around for years now. One's a San Francisco, San Francisco local uh, who was born and raised here. One actually came on my tour and loved it and was like, hey, can I work for you? He moved to San Francisco. I was like, absolutely. And another guy just found me, I think on the internet. And he, he's been a very dedicated guide. So they run the tours most of the time. If it's a giant group, like I just ran one that was like 70 people in March. And then you need like multiple guides. We did catering, like that's an all hands on deck situation where I will definitely run. I'll make sure that run it, make sure the experience goes great. Not that my guides wouldn't do that. My guides would also provide a fantastic experience, but it's just easier if I'm also there for these giant events. But what I do day to day is often this week, for example, I've been talking to a bunch of people about corporate tours. So I do a lot of the planning aspects and then um, yeah, I talked to someone about a corporate tour in October that I was mentioning. And then we also ran a corporate tour yesterday in the Presidio for a bunch of students and their chaperones. And I, I'd been corresponding all week about like, here are your final details. Okay, your payment went through just all the final confirmation. And then, you know, I introduced them to the guide and then the guide ran and did the tour. That's great. And what do you see for your business going forward? Do you see it evolving in any ways? Yeah, it's really interesting. So in 2016, I wrote a book called Urban Trails San Francisco. That was a trail guide to all of San Francisco's trails. I realized I was like, there's no book on how to hike in San Francisco. We have so many trails. I wrote one for the East Bay in 2020 that came out. 
And that was a first way for me to address the local market because the locals were buying the books. They still weren't coming on my tours. And I, I really think they would like my tours because a lot of people don't know all the ins and outs of all the trails and stuff. But another thing I started working on on the pandemic, which was a locals thing, was I created a map of San Francisco has a thousand public stairways. And it doesn't sound that exciting, but some of them are really gorgeous and people love them. And there's a book called Stairway Walks in San Francisco that was published about them. And I created a public map that anyone could use of these thousand stairways that I hiked during the pandemic. I just was bored and needed to move my body and I couldn't travel. So I was like, let me just visit, map out these thousand stairways. I created a spreadsheet, a map, and 50,000 people have looked at this spreadsheet and map. Wow. What I want to do now, which is, you know, so on the tour side, I want to keep growing the corporate business, private tours. I love that. Keep growing that. And on this local side that I've just been talking about, I want to take this stairway project and turn it into a book that I might even self-publish, which would be, you know, I am not a gen, I'm not a millennial, I'm not a Gen Z, I'm like Gen X. But I, what I see that is that younger people really like a visual experience and kind of create a book that talks about the history of the thousand stairway, or it wouldn't be the thousand stairways. I picked the hundred most scenic ones that you need to see and have um, gorgeous photos of them you know, that would inspire someone to be like, oh, I need to go there and take an Instagram or a TikTok. I just need to see it and then have some history around it. So I want to create a book featuring the 100 best stairways and I want to maybe self-publish this. And that would be another thing for locals to be able to check out. So I think that would be really fun to have that, you know, so I have the how to address the visitor in the corporate market and how to address the local market. And it's just been so fun for me to learn more about the history of all the stairways in San Francisco. And they're really fun to look at. They're really fun to climb. That's great. And I love the attention to the local market because I think a lot of companies, especially after COVID, realized the potential for the local market. Like locals love interacting with their hometowns. I, I totally agree with you. It's really funny. Like I was like, oh, it's totally fine that only visitors go on my tours. But then COVID happened. And I'm like, you know, I just did so many walks in the city. My boyfriend, his project was to run every street and trail in San Francisco. And it was like 1700 miles. And I realized <laughs> I've only done half of that. I, you know, there's so much for me to discover. So I think we all learned how to explore more. My books did really well during that time. Again, the 50,000 people looking at that map I created like it shows me that people are interested in exploring their city more. So I'm totally in agreement with you. Absolutely. And now just looking back on your business after, I mean, yeah, I guess it's been 10 years now. What would you say were some of the biggest challenges beyond COVID and any things that you would potentially do differently this time around? Yes. Oh, I, I thought about this and I took some notes let's say someone's starting out with a hiking business. At first, I did this full time while I was just getting the business off the ground. And I had just no schedule. I had no schedule for the tours. I mean, I was like, okay, two people here, two people there. And I was like, you know, I'm not getting these groups together. I had two people on Monday, two people on Tuesday, two people on Thursday. A friend says, suggested to me, why don't you just create a schedule? And I said, oh, that's actually really brilliant. 
And it's basically, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we have these fixed times and it kind of gathers the groups of people together. And the most people come to San Francisco on the weekend. They're usually spending a weekend here. So I can actually, if I'm running the tour myself, I can still actually do my regular work week and do a tour on a Saturday, even though it's not usually me doing the tours. Thing, another thing I learned, of course, this wasn't a challenge, but it's just a reminder to everyone and myself. You know, if someone reaches out to you about a corporate group, just try to reach out promptly. You know, let's say you're put yourself in this the seat of the the person who's doing the planning. Let's say they write five emails and they're waiting to hear back from five activities. You get them all the information they need first. They might go with you, even if at first they're like, well, I was thinking of maybe doing a bike tour, but you're there, you're ready to book, easy, make someone happy. I'd say have you know some marketing materials ready. You don't have to be a crazy marketer. You don't have to do that much. But if someone's reaching out to you for more information, be like, here's a video of my tours. Have a photo album on Google Photos or something. Have maybe a one-sheeter that explains your services in case you're working with a DMC and they want to pass your information around. And like emails can get lost sometimes. Maybe they'll like print out your one-sheeter and be like, oh, I'm going to remember this for the hiking tours. If you're hiring guides, I suggest create creating uh, standardized training materials. So our training materials for Urban Hiker SF include a map and turn-by-turn directions So and, and a history sheet. So you're doing the turn-by-turn directions at first. You're looking at a map just to learn the route, and then you learn the history. And then for some of my tours, I've actually even recorded the way I do it at each history stop because, you know, you might have a bulleted list of history facts in your training materials, but that's a boring way to do a tour, right? You've got to turn it into a story. You've got to weave them together. So, you know, maybe something like that is a good suggestion for aspiring tour business owners. And yeah, get help is my last recommendation. If you don't have time, if you find yourself being like, oh, I need to do my website, but I can't, I don't have time, or I need to create that one sheeter. I'll do it when I have time. And you keep finding you don't have time or you don't know, or maybe I'm going to have to do 10 hours of web research to figure out how to update my website. I say just outsource that stuff. If there's such a major blocking factor, you know, I found, I finally was like, you know what? I need a professional looking website to have a professional look for my business. I finally just hired someone and I feel so good about my website now and it looks polished and professional. And, you know, part of me was like, oh, I don't want to spend the money. I'm just so thrilled I did. And then another thing which costs way less is I planned out a one-sheeter to, again, hand out to DMCs, any corporate businesses who want to learn about what we do. I wrote it out in Google Docs and I was like, I'm not a designer. I know how to do this. So I basically got someone on Fiverr to do it for me. And it was great. It looks professional also. Hey, you got to be willing to reinvest in your business. And it doesn't have to be massive reinvestments, at start, especially at the start. But I think you're completely right that it's it's worth your time to spend money where your skills are maybe a little lacking or if it's something that you're not particularly interested in. Exactly. Yeah. I'd say like, I happen to not mind doing all the financial stuff for my business, but that might be another thing that you might want to outsource or you might want to buy 
an accounting software that just does it all for you. Just figure out what you like, what gets you fired up and what doesn't get you fired up and what is just lagging and taking time, just outsource that to someone else. That's great. I love I love the list of tips. It's it's great resource. We'll include all of them okay. in the show notes as well so people can just refer to them. But Alex, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. I love the sound of your business. I'm going to go review your tours again after this call. And hopefully when I'm next in San Francisco, I can check out one of them uh, and join you on a hike. Would love to show you around. Great. And for listeners who are interested in learning more about you, your business, maybe they also want to join the hike with you. Uh, where is the best place for them to find you? Oh, yeah. I'd refer people to either my website, which is www.urbanhikersf.com. And I'm also very active on Instagram at urbanhikersf. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Have a great one. 